0: A good feeling, yeah. I get a feeling that I never never know, never, never happy. Oh, no, no, that get a good feeling, yeah. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah. I get a feeling that I never never know, never, never happy. Oh, no, that no. get a good feeling, yeah. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to Not Boring. Today's audio edition of Not Boring is brought to you by Masterworks.io. Did you know that only 1% of day traders actually turn a profit? Chances are, after last year, if you're a Not Boring reader, you're doing pretty well. So it's time to control your risk. How do billionaires like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos control their risk? They invest in blue chip art. If that sounds unusual to you, you're not alone. But contemporary art returns 13.6% over the last 25 years, compared to 8.9% for the S&P. With the Fed injecting money into the economy at a rapid rate, smart investors are moving some of their wealth into hard money assets, like Bitcoin, of course, or like art to hedge against inflation. Masterworks.io is the only platform that lets you invest in paintings by artists like Basquiat, Banksy, and Monet at a fraction of the cost. I just invested, no big deal, in a app myself, and it was fun, and it was easy, and now I'm an art collector. The experts at Masterworks.io will create a custom portfolio to meet your investment needs. Masterworks.io, you don't have to choose between big risks and big returns. It's actually super uncorrelated with the S&P. So sign up today at Masterworks.io and use the code NOTBORING to skip the 25,000-person waitlist. Again, Masterworks.io. I O promo code, not boring. See important information at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Today. We're talking about the not boring syndicate's most recent early stage investment team flow. TeamFlow is a company that I am incredibly excited about. It hits on so many of the themes that we've talked about. It's run by uh, Flo Crivello, who I've done an interview with him. Check the feed. It's it's amazing, and you'll see why uh, I'm such a big fan. But he's been somebody whose writing I've read for a while uh, and, and who I really respect. He was at Uber previous to this. Uh, so we had a chance to get into this round. Unfortunately, couldn't send the, me- the the memo out to the whole list ahead of time because the company was in stealth. Last week, as they were coming out of stealth, they had their TechCrunch article. That's when the riots at the Capitol happened, uh, and so they paused the the rest of the launch. So here we are today. Uh, TeamFlow is on Product Hunt, telling the, the TeamFlow story. Go to ProductHunt.com and upvote TeamFlow, all of that. Uh, but let's get to it. The not boring memo on TeamFlow. When Salesforce acquired Slack, I got really happy at first. And then a little sad. I was happy for the vindication, but needed to find a new favorite that checked as many boxes as Slack did for me. Enter TeamFlow, a virtual workplace startup for hybrid and remote teams that just came out of stealth last Wednesday. I'm not the only one who's excited about TeamFlow. In December, the Not Boring Syndicate filled a $250,000 allocation in a matter of hours, a new record, and the company raised a three times oversubscribed $3.9 million seed round from a roster of top early stage investors, including Menlo Ventures, Elad Gill, Ron Conway's SV Angel, Balaji Srinivasan, uh, and others. It's an all-star team that he's put together. It's no surprise that investors are so bullish. The founder, Florent Cravello, is one of my favorite business writers, a former early engineer and PM for Uber and a founder i bet on eight days a week. If you've been reading Not Boring for a while, you should recognize the name. Plus, he's attacking a trillion-dollar market with which I am all too familiar, the office workplace. As I wrote about and We're Never Going Back, remote work will unlock the enormous potential previously constrained by geography, give employees more choice and leverage, and bring about second- and third-order effects that will reshape the world. But it's not inevitable. To unlock the full potential of remote work, we'll take relentless effort from talented and passionate entrepreneurs like Flow, and buy-in from early adopters like all of us. Today, Readwise founder and Team Flow co-investor Dan Doyen and I are going to make the case for remote work and for Team Flow as both the product and the business that will make working online better than working in an office. What are we going to cover? First, meet Team Flow. The product offers a glimpse at what remote work should feel like, and a potential meta layer for work and collaboration tools, and it's still just in beta. Two, we might be going back. A remote first world is now more likely than ever, but it's not as inevitable as we very online folk might think. It's up to early adopters like us to help power through the Valley of Mismatch, which is, by the way, one of my favorite Florent essays. Three, Flow and Team TeamFlow. TeamFlow is a bet on Flo Crivello and the all-star cast he's bringing together from all over the world. That's a bet I'm excited to make. And four, TeamFlow strategy, virality, and moats. TeamFlow combines Zoom's virality with Slack's moats. Now, pardon my French, and Flow is Parisian, by the way, but it is so fucking cool to see so many ideas I find so important come together in one product. If TeamFlow is successful, it won't just ride the remote work wave, it will lead it, making work better wherever your team is. Now, the best way to experience TeamFlow is to try it yourself. You can sign up today by joining with an Not Boring link, which is in the essay, or going to teamflowhq.com. And while you wait, let me do the next best thing and tell you about it using pictures and words. Meet TeamFlow. TeamFlow is what remote work should feel like. It's a virtual HQ where teams can work, meet, and hang out together. It combines video, open spaces, meeting rooms, and tools like docs, whiteboards, video, and images to create a space that feels so much better than a Zoom. And you can see for yourself, uh, I'll be joining uh, my TeamFlow HQ from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern this morning. Uh, so you can join me over there. There's a link again in the essay at notboring.substack.com. Because TeamFlow is spatial, it lets users do things that they can't in Slack, Zoom, or Google Doc. You can move your bubbles around the space, pop into conversations with coworkers, or enter closed spaces to have private conversations or meetings. You only hear people who are nearby, and you can even click on coworkers to teleport to them. You can't do that in a normal office. Just like a physical office, TeamFlow lets you leave artifacts in a space. The marketing room, for example, might have a doc with notes on your new campaign, images on the wall, and a whiteboard with a brainstorm from the last meeting. A Zoom room is like an office that the cleaning crew totally empties out at the end of each meeting. A TeamFlow, HQ persists. Working in TeamFlow brings back the casual face-to-face interactions we miss when we're not in the office without bringing back the commute. Despite not having a team, I use TeamFlow to create focus focused work environment with the, the things that I need for the task at hand. In the post, there's a picture of me watching an interview uh, on YouTube integrated into TeamFlow uh, with my notes up and a whiteboard to prepare to interview Flow. I have my whiteboard, a scratch pad, my very own desk, and a YouTube video up in iframe. Today, there are just a few simple tools integrated, but over time, Teamflow plans to integrate all of the products that teams use to work. The team is currently working on a chat tool a la Slack, and soon you'll be able to design in Figma, work on presentations and pitch, pair code, close the books, and do all the things that companies do today together in Teamflow. Teamflow brings collaboration and communication into one place. In the arc of collaboration, Kevin Kwok wrote about the meta coordination layer for work. He said, there's a need for a layer across all the applications, a layer for things that should be shared across the apps, as well as collaborative functionality across them. There's some mix of presence, collaboration, coordination, and identity that should be ubiquitous across whatever apps are being used, a layer more attached to the people doing work and what they're trying to accomplish than which specific app they're in. That sounds an awful lot like what Flow and Team are building at TeamFlow. In Slack, the bulls are typing, I wrote that such a product could be a Slack killer. I believe that even more after seeing TeamFlow, since it adds a spatial layer to the collaboration software, which multiplies the number of potential apps that can be embedded into TeamFlow versus Slack. After I wrote about Slack, Salesforce acquired it for $27.7 billion, both validating the size of TeamFlow's opportunity and making it less likely that Slack develops a meta-coordination layer itself. Have you tried using Salesforce's product? That leaves a huge opening for TeamFlow, and I actually think the $27.7 billion undersells the opportunity. Slack was born in an office-first world. TeamFlow is born in a remote-first era, and remote is poised to become the next big platform shift for enterprises. While Slack's promise was killing email, if TeamFlow is successful, it might take down an even more despised foe, the scheduled meeting. So no unnecessary meetings, all your work tools in one place, no commute, serendipity. While the benefits of remote work are potentially immense, a post-COVID remote-first world is not guaranteed. It will take products like TeamFlow and people like us to join the movement. We might be going back unless we do something. This section starts with a May 21st tweet from Aaron Levy, the CEO of Box. He said, the push happening around remote work is as game-changing for the future of tech as the launch of the iPhone was in 2007. This is not about real estate. It will change how products will be designed, how teams collaborate, and how companies will be run going forward. Now, anyone who has been fortunate enough to get to work from home over the past year has gotten a taste of the benefits and, of course, some of the downsides, but just know that your kids will eventually go back to school. Today, the benefits of remote work are mainly non-work related. No commute, more time with the family, freedom to travel, etc. The work part is still subpar, though because we're using tools designed for an office-first world. TeamFlow is more than an enterprise SaaS product. It's on a mission to accelerate the transition by making remote work more enjoyable and productive than the physical thing. Flow believes that it's the highest impact return for effort he can possibly achieve because remote work can, one, give everyone 54 minutes a day back in commute time, two, unlock opportunity for everyone, three, create the biggest labor market in the world with hundreds of millions of people, Four, make it 10 times easier to find a job or hire people. And five, make people happier at work. TeamFlow is redesigning what work can be like when physical limitations are removed. The opportunity, if they get it right, is massive. The CEBR estimates a $2.3 trillion, with a T, potential impact to GDP from remote, just in the US. I assumed, as I wrote in We're Never Going Back, that since we've experienced the positives, the remote first future is inevitable. My friend and co-author of this essay, Dan Doyen, agrees that remote can and should be the default mode going forward, but he doesn't think it's a given. Dan's professional profile is somewhat illegible. On the one hand, he spent 15 years in institutional private equity focused on office real estate and currently runs a forward-thinking company in the sector. On the other hand, he's lived nomadically for the past five years and built one of my favorite consumer software products, Readwise. As a result of that bizarre mashup, he's thought more about both the future of office and remote work than most will in a lifetime. So after I hit send on that original piece, Dan did two things. One, he introduced me to Flo, who said that he was building the best and who he said was building the best virtual HQ product he's ever used. And two, he helped me appreciate an important nuance that remote work is not necessarily inevitable. Despite the obvious societal benefits of a remote first world, he thinks we're never going back should have been more accurately titled, We Might Be Going Back, and that it's imperative that we collectively do something about it. Now is our window of opportunity. Dan argues that while we have known about the benefits of remote work, both societally and for employers and employees for half a century, been stuck in an inadequate equilibrium for decades. What makes an equilibrium inadequate, a fruit that seems to hang tantalizingly low, and yet somehow our civilization isn't plucking, is when there's a better stable state and we haven't reached it. We know that remote work gives us two weeks per year back in commute times, that it is more inclusive, both geographically and demographically, that it gives employers access to better talent, and even that it's good for the environment. But there are powerful forces in favor of in-office work. First, office landlords, who would really like this whole work-from-home thing to be temporary. There's people like ex-Yahoo! CEO Marissa Meyer who claim that to become the absolute best place to work, communication and collaboration will be important. So we need to be working side-by-side. That is why it is critical we are all present in our offices. And lastly, the simple inertia of doing things the way that they've always been done. Until now, that side has been winning. Remote work grew at only an 8% CAGR between 2005 and 2014 based on data from the American Community Survey administered by the Census Bureau. Having worked in the space for a while, Dan knows that the office isn't going to go down without a fight, so he's issuing a call to action. If you care about living in a world in which the air is cleaner, cities are livelier, families are closer, women and minorities are enabled, and people are happier, then the next time a traditional corporation worker or commercial real estate bagholder tells you that the real magic only happens inside the office, take a stand. There is movement forming. Tens of millions of people have experienced the benefits of remote work for a stand. Now inertia is on a remote side. Teamflow and other remote-first software and tools are going to make an until-now hacked-together experience purposeful and delightful. But the war is not won, and remote is not inevitable. Any good movement needs the best, brightest, and hungriest to lead. Via Teamflow, remote work has flow. Crivello, flow, and team Teamflow. Flow envisions a world in which we eliminate the drawbacks of remote work as compared to office work and enhance its benefits. People will have more time to do the things they love find the perfect job for them, collaborate more efficiently, and have fun while doing it. If you just think Zoom when you think about remote work, it seems like an impossible task. But software is eating the world. It will eat the office too. Luckily for proponents of remote work, and for all of us who want remote work to work better, when Flo wants to make something happen, he doesn't fuck around. When he was 16, living in the country in France, he and his dad got into an argument about Flo's desire to study computer science. They couldn't come to an agreement, so Flo moved to Paris, where he lived, essentially homeless, in a 120-square-foot apartment with eight people for two years. It was an unimaginably risky move that paid off. Flo went to school for and got his, got his master's in computer science while working as a software engineer and then founding his own web and mobile consulting agency in Paris. After school, Flo moved to San Francisco, where he spent two years as an iOS engineer before moving to Uber. Uber is a company known for hiring entrepreneurial people and giving them autonomy to build, and even among that crowd, Flo stood out. After two years as an engineer working on the driver app, he co-founded UberWorks, the Uber for staffing agencies, and grew it to $6 million in ARR and 20 employees within nine months. For his reprise, he launched gig charging for Uber's jump division and saved the company more than $20 million per year with a team of 30 people within a year. After leaving Uber. As he was thinking about what to do next, Flo's three ideas were, one, a drone delivery startup, two, a flying car, and three, TeamFlow. He's not afraid of problems that others might find impossible. Now, sure, TeamFlow will face competition, but Flo's used to that. Uber was no stranger to competition itself. He understands that for a product that relies on network effects as an advantage, marrying speed with a top-notch user experience is of the utmost importance. With all due respect to potential founders in the space, I wouldn't want to compete with Flow. Plus, he's building a dream team to go to battle with him. He spent two months worth of 13-hour days interviewing hundreds of engineers and designers to find the absolute best. When I spoke to him, and you should listen to the conversation to hear more about his hiring process because it's insane, he admitted that he's probably the least talented person on the team. He likes it like that. Team Flo has two of the 15 core contributors of the Pixie.js, one of them the X-core contributor, the world's biggest 2D WebGL library. They're in the top 100 worldwide in their field. All six people on the team are absolutely killer. They'll need to be. Teamflow is one of the pioneers in the COVID-fueled remote work acceleration. Pioneers, the saying goes, take arrows in their backs. Certainly, as TechCrunch pointed out, they're competitors and there will be more. Teamflow's strategy, virality and moats. Every single time I write about moats, I turn to Flow's 2018 summary of Hamilton Helmer's Seven Powers, called Mind the Moat. Flow has been my unwitting, unofficial guide through the world of how businesses build and sustain a competitive advantage for a couple of years. It's not a surprise, then, that he's building a business that, on paper at least, has one of the best business models I've ever seen. Team Flow combines Zoom's virality with Slack's moats. In May, I wrote about the perceived trade-off between the two in while well Zoom Zoom's Slack digs moats. My argument was that while Zoom benefited from the ease of adoption in the short run, it was making a deal with the devil since customers it acquired could just as easily leave. Easy come, easy go. On the flip side, Slack's moats made it impossible for it to grow as quickly as Zoom. Think about the work that goes into joining a Zoom versus setting up a team on Slack. But those moats also mean that customers stick around and expand with Slack for a long time. Flow realized that the trade-off is a false dichotomy. To be sure, TeamFlow is built to be viral. Every time a user invites a teammate or someone outside the org to a meeting in TeamFlow, they get someone else to experience the product for themselves. Like Zoom, all it takes is a link, and you're in. Even better, since TeamFlow lives in the browser and doesn't require an app install, it's potentially more viral, since less friction should lead to better conversion and more virality. Unlike Zoom, though, once teams start using TeamFlow, it will be very difficult to leave. In that sense, it's more like Slack. In the parlance of seven powers, TeamFlow benefits from high switching costs— To use a new product, the entire team would need to switch, and they would lose a lot of the data, integrations, and customizations they've built into TeamFlow. Counterintuitively, it might actually be harder to move out of a virtual office than a physical one. TeamFlow also benefits from network effects. The more people who use TeamFlow, the more useful it is to each user, because TeamFlow is all about getting teams together in the same place. Over time, as TeamFlow integrates more apps and products, it may benefit from platform network effects as well. If all of the users are in Teamflow, developers will build for Teamflow, which will attract more users, and so on. The unlock here, the way that Teamflow has both virality and motes, is that virality should be inter-org and motes should be intra-org. In other words, new people should be exposed to the product through viral mechanics, like getting invited to a meeting, and see enough of the benefits in that first encounter that they put in the work to invite their own team and customize their own workspace. It's early, but the theory seems to be playing out in the numbers. Teamflow has over 2,000 companies on the waitlist, and all cohorts of beta users have spent more time in Teamflow each successive week. Of course, remote work opportunity isn't a secret, and a business model this attractive is bound to invite competition. One advantage that TeamFlow has on that front is that it's the first to market with a virtual HQ product that's really built for work. The other products that I wrote about and were never going back look incredibly promising, but they're more focused on the social aspects of work. The dynamics of a business protected by the network effects and switching cost powers depends on capturing the market in its takeoff period. First mover advantage is critical. That's one of the reasons Flow wanted to get our crew of smart, curious, not boring people involved. We can help make remote work a reality and give TeamFlow a fast start. So join TeamFlow. What we've all experienced together over the past year is remote work in the same way that pop-ups and banner ads were a business model for the early internet. Projecting out the internet economy back then as quote, more and more pop-ups and banner ads, it would have been easy to deeply underestimate both the size of the opportunity and the quality of the online experience. Remote work thus far has been like those early ads, a lossy approximation of the offline model hastily brought online. Despite that, we've seen benefits already, no commute, more focused time for work, and more time with family. The list goes on. Imagine what remote work will feel like when we adopt the next generation of products, those designed expressly for uh, for a remote first world, and taking advantage of the digital world's unique opportunities. I believe that TeamFlow is one of the products that will be a leader of this wave of work products. It can become a generational company led by a founder who will not quit until he makes remote work so much better that it just becomes work. By reading this, you're one of the first to know about TeamFlow. Your team can get ahead of the curve, work better, and begin enjoying the remote work experience together. And you can be a part of making remote work a permanent reality, helping to usher in unimaginable societal and economic benefits and creative potential. So how can you join the mission? First and foremost, start using TeamFlow. TeamFlow starts at just $15 per person per month, or about 2% of the cost of a physical office. By signing up with an operating link, you can move up the wait list. Plus, you get a free month to try it out. So at the very least, it'll be a fun month for your team. So you can get the Not Boring link at notboring.substack.com in the essay. You can also help others learn about TeamFlow by upvoting it on Product Hunt and commenting with your thoughts. Go to producthunt.com and it'll be right there on the leaderboard. And when you've done both of those things, come join me in TeamFlow from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. to experience it for yourself. And again, there's a link to my particular TeamFlow, the Not Boring TeamFlow, uh, in the essay at notboring.substack.com. I'm really excited about this one, I'm excited to be an investor, excited to be a user, and excited to show it to all of you. So again, come join me, sign up for TeamFlow, and I will talk to you on Monday.